Hello, everybody. This is a Penn State football podcast brought to you by ForTheGloryOfOldState.com. I'm Craig Rosala, and I'm joined by Brandon Musso. How are we doing tonight, Brandon? I'm doing good. All right. We're recording on Thursday night uh, ahead of the Penn State-Michigan State contest. It is the final scheduled contest, I guess. Um, we don't know who Penn State is playing next week. Things are getting a little shaky here in the Big Ten with some rule changes. There was some some hope when we ended our recording on Tuesday night that Penn State might end up in the Big Ten championship somehow. Um, <laughs> but that's not going to happen now. But uh, we have Michigan State on the schedule. We have Senior Day. There's 12 seniors for Penn State that will be wearing the Penn State blue and Beaver State for the last time. Um, there's a few more players that we expect to enter the NFL draft, whether it's Micah Parsons, Pat Fryermuth, um, possibly Jahan Dotson, you know, a couple other names that we may be missing here, but 12 seniors that will be honored. I'm surprised that Journey Brown was not on the list of players that were going to be honored on Saturday, but maybe that's something that will be happening in the future. Who knows? Um, so we're going to start by talking about our Penn State seniors, and um, we're going to start with our favorite moment from a Penn State senior. So, Brandon, you want to start? Yeah. Um, my favorite moment um, goes to Shaka Tony. Um, I think I, – I mean, I talk about the defensive line a lot. Everyone who listens to the pod should know about that. Uh, so, I pick Shaka Tony for this moment because, because my favorite moment of his is when I was at the game last year against Purdue. He was all over the field, ended up having three sacks on the day. Um, was in the backfield a whole lot, and it was just awesome to be able to see him in person, especially for a guy like me who is such a huge fan of the defensive line. Yeah, I know that you're when you're watching, you're probably looking at the line of scrimmage the whole way and <laughs> expecting somebody to get in the backfield. That, that's, I mean, that's what I look for my guys in the end. That's all, that's all I watch for. Yeah, now I'm going to one-up you here, and I'm going to go with a, another Shaka Tony performance. I'm going to go all the way back to 2018 when he was a sophomore. And he was somebody that was in the rotation at defensive line dating back to even 2017. But he wasn't even a starter at this point. You know, we had uh, Sharif Miller still, and we had Itor Gross Matos. You know, he had a huge year. We know, um, you know, he got taken the second round last year by the Panthers. But Shaka Tony went crazy in Bloomington in the fourth quarter specifically. For the game, he had six tackles. But – in the fourth quarter, he had four sacks alone, one forced fumble, and he had one intentional grounding that he forced. And like I said, all four sacks in one quarter, and it ended up tying a program record uh, for sacks in a game. And we know that Shaka Tony is a really good speed rusher, and this was really, in my eyes, his breakout performance that going into 2019 and 2020, we expected so much from him based off performances like this and although it wasn't the biggest win in the world out in Bloomington that year because I mean I Penn State did lose two in a row entering that game uh, to Ohio State and Michigan State but that is one of the most dominant performances in Penn State history and it's one that is very underrated and isn't really talked about that much so I want to put some spotlight on it because Shaka Tony you know you mentioned three sack game against Purdue last year four sack game Indiana in 2018, he some big performances against those Indiana schools, huh? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, <laughs> look, look at you getting in on the action with the defensive line. I love it. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, great minds think alike here, ain't it? Yeah, yeah. You're right, right about so, that. So, uh, is Shaka Tony going to be the senior you miss the most, or is it going to be somebody else? Yeah, it's going to be him, but I do want to give just a quick shout-out to my guy Shane Simmons, another defensive line mm-hmm. guy. I had big uh, expectations for him. Obviously, things didn't work out as probably I hoped and um, – or as I hoped and probably um, he as well. But um, just a shout-out to him. Uh, he was a guy that I followed throughout his entire Penn State career, and uh, he's moving on to whatever he chooses uh, in the next chapter of his life. But just want to highlight him real quick uh, before we get back to Shaka Tony. And that's my guy. <laughs> Um, you know, with Shane Simmons, it, he could be interesting. Like, he could be somebody that it just didn't work for him in college, but maybe hits the pros and uses his athleticism and strength, and it just pans out for him. Who knows? There's, you know, a couple cases like that. But, you know, talking about some of these defensive linemen, Shaka Tony and Shane Simmons getting honored on senior day, but then also Jason Owe could be uh, leaving for the NFL draft. He's the other name I'm, I was forgetting earlier. There could be a big shakeup on this Penn State defensive line, especially also Antonio Shelton is a senior that'll be honored as well. So, um, you know, you better get some scouting done for uh, the 2021 season. Let me know who's going to be pretty good on the defensive line. Uh, I'll keep an eye out for you. I, I do need a blue-white game. That, that's my big That's my big uh, event. I, I do need to go see some players there. But, uh, you know, we'll see if that even happens this year. Yeah, that's when our scouting department, aka Brandon, goes to work. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I have the I have the eye for the flash, you know. I can if I see a flash in the blue white game, then I'll let you know. Yeah, now I'm gonna transition over to the Penn State offensive line for my senior that will miss the most. And yes, I'm gonna talk about our offensive line in a positive light, despite being burned by them several times earlier on this year. Um, And I think the senior we're going to miss the most is Michael Mennett. And he's put together a very good career at Penn State. He's a two-time team captain. He got a senior bowl invite as well for after the season. So he's likely to be drafted uh, next spring into the NFL. Um, And then he's just a very experienced player in the middle of the offensive line at center. In 2017, as a redshirt freshman, he appeared in 12 games and then in 18, he started 12 games. In 19, he started 13 games. And then in 2020, he started every game as well. So going into next year, he leaves a huge hole at that center position in terms of not only just a great player, but leadership as well. So I think that's somebody that very under the radar we are going to miss in you know the offensive trenches at a position group that we've seen struggle this season at times and you know he's been really the strength of that unit yeah I mean I mean we look back over the years and you and you realize you know how the struggles that the offensive line had I remember when he was first recruited and then signed and obviously we saw the big you know it was a big ticket item uh recruit that we were really excited for because we knew we needed reinforcements on the offensive line um so it's crazy to think now that we're already already here and he's leaving already. Yep. Um, but, you know, that's just how it goes. But, yeah, shout out to him. I like your pick. Yeah. Now, uh, you know, as we said, 12 seniors to be honored on Saturday. Uh, a few more potential NFL early entries that may be leaving as well. But we have 12 names that are going to be uh, hearing their name in a empty Beaver Stadium, unfortunately. But, yeah. Let's uh, let's transition over to uh, the game and what to expect from Michigan State. So, 
what do you see from the Spartans coming into Beaver Stadium on Saturday? You know, before we knew that the Michigan was actually uh, pretty bad, I actually sat down and watched Michigan State play them and beat them. And at the time thought it was a kind of massive upset because, you know, Michigan State didn't really have the, you know, highest expectations going into the season. I think everyone really thought they were kind of going into a rebuilding year. Um, so I thought that was a huge win. And, you know, despite them even, you know, losing to Rutgers to open the year, I still thought, you know, this team has some talent because of the win against Michigan. But <laughs> as the season rolled on, I realized they aren't really that good. Um, but you never know what you're going to get on a week-to-week basis. Um, you see they got into some hard-fought battles. They won – they beat Northwestern, um, which was a good win. But then, you know, they followed that up with the, you know, 49-7 blowout loss to Iowa. So, you know, all in all, when I look at this team, my initial look is just that, you know, they have some talent, but what team are we actually going to get when they come to Beaver Stadium? Yeah, and they're always scary, whether they're up or down. And I know we have a new coach over there in East Lansing and Mel Tucker replacing the long-term successful coach, uh, Mark D'Antonio. But this offense has been atrocious this year. Uh, You know, you look at the quarterback situation, uh, Rocky Lombardi has handled most of the quarterback duties um, with Peyton Thorne mixed in. And combined, they have eight touchdown passes and 11 picks. And then you go to the running game, that seems to always be a strength for Michigan State. Not this year. They're averaging 2.7 yards per carry, and they only have two rushing touchdowns on the year. And, yes, they've had a game canceled where they've only played six games where Penn State's played seven. Still, two rushing touchdowns in both six games. And then, you know, in terms of averages, they're last in total yards per game in the Big Ten with under 320 per game. And they're last in points per game in the Big Ten with 17 points per game. So whatever success they've had, it's not been because of the offense. You know, we saw the Michigan defense has been getting run over all year. And then Northwestern, they were able to, you know, they still score under 30 points uh, to beat Northwestern. Uh, So this offense, if Michigan State's going to win, it's going to have to be because the defense is scoring as well. And they're forcing turnovers, which has been Penn State's weakness this year. But this, this Michigan State offense is not going to get the job done no matter who they play. So let's end with some players to watch from uh, the Spartans. Yeah, so it's funny that you mentioned Rocky Lombardi was the guy that I picked for, for this player to watch. Um, you know, he kind of ties into, like, the overall theme of this team, which is, as I said, you don't know what you're going to get from them. I mean, he's been on and off all year. He started the season in the first two games, threw for nearly 650 yards, six touchdowns. And you're like, wow, that's a pretty good stat line. Um, but then he struggled the two games preceding or um, coming after that and got benched because he was so bad. So he's just a very inconsistent player. Um, but when he's on, he can really he can really go off. So um, his status right now is still a little bit unknown. He suffered an injury last week against Ohio State. Um, but it definitely sounds like he still has a chance to play this week. So I will say if he does get in and if he plays um, like he's on, then he's definitely a player to watch. Now, would you say that Rocky Lombardi and Sean Clifford have had pretty similar seasons? I would, I would agree with that in terms of the inconsistencies because you never know if he's going to be accurate. Um, that's what we've seen from Clifford. You never know if he's going to throw some dime touchdown passes. We've seen – that from Clifford 
or you don't know if he's going to be, you know, throwing the ball over the place and throwing interceptions. And, you know, Lombardi started off his two games with six touchdowns, no interceptions, and then he proceeded to throw four touch or four interceptions in the games after that. So, like I said, you know, very, 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 very similar, I would say. Yeah. Um, I'm going to turn it over to the defensive side for Michigan State, um, which has been a stronger point uh, to their team this year. And I'm going to look at Shakur Brown. He has five interceptions this year for the Spartans in six games. And if I had to guess, who is he going to be covering? Penn State's best player on the entire roster, Jahan Dotson. Um, and if it's not Dotson, it's Parker Washington, who is, emer- who is emerging as one of the best players in the Big Ten as well. So Shakur Brown, five interceptions on the year. Like I said, he's going to have a, a big impact um, on this game and covering two of Penn State's better players. And as we know, when Penn State gets in trouble, it's because they're turning the ball over. We know Sean Clifford is still very turnover prone. If Brown can make a play or two, Michigan State could really be in this game. He uh, He's definitely been impressive. So I'd be interested to see what he does against this Penn State uh, offense. Okay, so – for this senior day game, who do you have as your Penn State player to watch? So, as we always tell you guys, me and Craig and do not tell each other who we pick for these. So, I didn't gain approval, his approval for this pick, because I'm going to cheat a little bit, and I'm going to pick the entire Penn State defense for this player to watch. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> so, we've seen two weeks in a row that they've played you know, pretty solid. I mean, last week was very good. I think we both dis- discussed and agreed that – Last week was their best game as a defensive unit. And I think I'm just going to, you know, keep hammering this point. It's all about the physicality and motivation. And they've brought it from the Michigan game into the Rutgers game. And I want to see if they could bring it in to this game. So definitely keep watch because if they could replicate their uh, performance over the last two weeks, then they should stand a good chance to get one number three this week. Yeah, I think, they will have a lot of success with the way Michigan State has struggled in terms of moving the football up and down the field. Um, I'm going to take somebody off your your player-to-watch unit. Um, I'm going to take Jaquan Brisker. And I'm taking him, one, because he's a senior, and we're honoring our seniors this, this week. Although he is a junior college transfer, he did not have a four-year career. In two years at Penn State, he has made tremendous strides as a really – you know, they're one of their best players on the team that really nobody talks about. Last year, he had 31 tackles. He had two interceptions. This year, in half the games, he has 41 tackles and five pass breakups. And I mentioned last week, or last podcast, that I saw in the broadcast last week that Jaquan Brisker was ranked as the sixth best uh, safety in the country by Pro Football Focus. Well, numbers updated based on last week. And he's moved up to second in the country now. Uh, His overall defensive grade is 85.9. I believe that's on a 100 scale. And I believe the top uh, rated safety had a grade of 87. So, yes, limited game. So I don't know how the sample size impacts those grades. But Jaquan Brisker is quietly becoming one of the best safeties in the country. And he's putting himself into some NFL draft conversation uh, you know, middle to late rounds for 2021. So pretty interesting that, you know, a two-year Juco transfer has made such a big impact on this Penn State defense, and we'll see what he can do on, on Saturday. I'm looking for one interception from him because he has no interceptions on the year, 
on senior day, he gets his interception this year. I like the pick. I think I've I've seen some some flashes, if you will, this this year. He's been he's been all over the field the last couple of weeks, so I, I've been happy with his performance. I like that. Yeah. So, what's your key to the game? Um, I touched on this in the beginning of the game or the beginning of the podcast, and I think it applies to both teams. And it just comes down to like who or what are we going to see? Um, there's been a lot of inconsistency with both teams, whether, you know, it's Rocky Lombardi or Sean Clifford, the Penn State defense or the play calling from Kirk. They've all had good moments. They've all had bad moments. Um, so the key to this game will be, you know, which team presents the best versions of themselves. Um, we know these players in position groups can be good, but what side will we see on Saturday? Okay. Um, I'm going to go with a little bit more of like an X's and O's type of key to the game. And I'm pretty – secondary heavy with my my analysis for this podcast because I'm going to go with my key to the game as the Penn State secondary able to prevent the big play if Penn State can keep playing tight man-to-man coverage like they have and and even if they're playing zone they're able to limit big plays I think that's so important because if you give some big plays to Rocky Lombardi and make him strike just once to beat you that's the easiest way for him to beat you if you force him to just, you know, pitch and catch up and down the field, taking, you know, six, seven, eight-yard gains, Rocky Lombardi's not going to do that, you know, eight or nine times on a drive. He can beat you once with a 50-yard throw, though, and that would be the easiest way for him to do that. So if Rocky Lombardi is nickel and diamond you up and down the field, fine. We can adjust to that, I think. I think we can get to the, the passer once with our defensive line. I think we can find different ways to, you know, prevent – Michigan State from scoring on that drive, but the one play 50 yards, that's that's not how we're going to get uh, a win on Saturday uh, for Michigan State. Yeah, we've seen them get burned, so. Let's see. Let's uh, let's talk about how Michigan State can win this game on Saturday. Yeah, so I'm going to bring it right back to Rocky Lombardi here. Um, status, as I said, still unclear uh, after the injury last week, but, you know, he still certainly sounds like he stands a chance of being good to go this weekend. The coach has kind of been a little secretive about it, as you know, as we know, as a uh, Franklin, as our head coach. So, but they're going to win if he plays if he plays really well, and and that's why I mentioned before, if he's on, you know, he could throw for you know three hundred plus yards and a couple of touchdowns, which we've seen the Penn State secondary struggle. Um, who's to say they won't do it again? And who's to say that Rocky Lombardi will be the guy that does it to them? So. As I said, Michigan State wins if Rocky Lombardi could could throw all over the secondary. Yeah, and I mean, Penn State is getting a boost, it, it appears, by getting Tariq Castro-Fields back at, at cornerback this week after missing the last four games. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we've seen Michigan State quarterbacks do some big-time damage against Penn State. Ryan Lewerke, the last couple of years, his, <laughs> both legs and his, his arm, he's – Killed Penn State. And I'd like to forget that name. <laughs> yeah, that's why in 17 and 18, he beat them. So yes. uh, we try to, you know, contain Rocky Lombardi, and, you know, <laughs> and make sure that we could come out with a victory. For me, going back to defense, I think Michigan State wins if their defense forces turnovers. Now, I mentioned Shakur, uh, Shakur Brown, five interceptions, six games. They also have another playmaker on their defense in Antoine Simmons, who has eight and a half tackles for loss, and he has two fumble recoveries. But as a unit, 
this Michigan State defense only has 10 turnovers on the year. And if you look at their victory against Michigan, they didn't force any turnovers, but Michigan's not as talented as uh, like a Penn State team, in my opinion. And we saw that on the field, obviously. Um, so they got away with that, zero turnovers. But in their victory against Northwestern, they forced four turnovers. And that's a big reason why they won. So that's a good recipe for success for them. You first force a couple turnovers, you win the game. So I'm anxious to see if uh, Shakur Brown forces any turnovers or if Antoine Simmons, their other playmaker, uh, is able to force some uh, turnovers as well from a Penn State offense that they've been very good in preventing that the last two weeks. Who knows if they get back to that um, for this game. Yeah, I mean, we talk about it a lot. Prevent the mistakes and, and you can win some football games. Uh, so how does Penn State win this one? Uh, Penn State will win with a consistent rushing attack. Um, it's been really nice to see the running game finally get going with Kevon Lee at the helm. You know, play has improved in other areas too, but I think a very large part of the offensive success has been over the last few games has been tied back to the running game. And I think when the rushing attack is going well, you know, the passing game opened up opens up they don't find themselves in you know long down situations and I think you know a byproduct of that is you know sustainable drives where you're consistently putting points on the board um, you know keep getting the first downs and just kind of running down the clock getting points which is exactly what they need to do Um, so if Penn State has the run game going you know they'll score some points and and win this game you know it's funny that's your Penn State wins if, and I didn't even change mine from last week. I just kept it very same in my notes. Uh, <laughs> their running game remains the focal point in the offense. And I think yeah. that eight games in the year now, or, well, seven played, this is their eighth game. James Franklin has always wanted this Penn State offense to rely on explosive plays. He looks at the analytic side of things and, say, and saying that wins, and that has won for him in the past. Um, but it's a different team this year where mm-hmm. in years past, he didn't care about time of possession and plays and first downs. That didn't matter to him because he wanted points. But this year, I think he's learned that this team with the players they don't have and the players that they do have now that are playing key roles, he has to coach this team differently. Kirk has to uh, run his offenses differently. And it's been a running heavy style of attack that, no, they don't have a 50-yard touchdown, you know, once per game. That's not been, That hasn't been happening this year. But they're able to consistently just run the ball these last couple of games. And, you know, there's been four games. So over half the games this year, they've had at least 245 rushing yards in a game. The last two games, obviously both victories. 50 carries, 254 yards versus Michigan. So over five yards per rush and 57 carries, 248 yards versus Rutgers, so just under five yards per rush. It's been the recipe for success, and I think it, it keeps going on Saturday, whether it's it's Lee handling most of the duty with Ford mixed in, um, or maybe you know an equal split as it kind of was last week. And we're going to see Levis, I think, uh, pretty consistently in you know third and short type of situations, which, again, they're being set up by Kevon Lee and, and Ford doing their job. Um, and maybe we'll uh, see a little bit of the, the Joe Barr offense in our comments where we're getting some pitches on the outside as well. <laughs> yeah, I hope I hope we can make him happy and uh, mix that play in just a little bit more than I did last week. Yeah, now 
I'm sensing a lot of positivity in your tone from this podcast. And you, you said last week that you weren't going to pick Penn State to win. Are you going to pick Penn State to win? I'm not. I'm not. Oh, man. I'm sticking, I'm sticking with my word. I'm not going back on it. I um, thought I had I'm, pick, I'm picking them to lose the game. I think we're going to get the better version of this Michigan State team. Um, like we talked about before, Penn State has historically struggled against them. Um, you know, recent history, if you look back, you know, you know the last five, six years. Um, and I think that kind of, you know, continues this week. I, I think it's going to be a hard-fought battle. I'm not, I don't think it's going to be a blowout on either side. Uh, I think kind of from start to finish, it's just going to be, you know, back and forth, you know, haymaker after haymaker, you know, from each side. But I think in the end, Michigan State's going to sneak out a, a low-scoring uh, close one. So I'm going yeah. Michigan State 20, Penn State 17. Just a field okay. goal. Okay. I'm going complete opposite here. I, I think Penn State is going to keep running with the momentum they have from these last two weeks. And I think they're going to win 31 to 10 in, in really convincing fashion. I think this defense is – they're pretty locked in right now. They're going against the worst offense in the Big Ten. And I think, like I said, I think Kirk, James Franklin, they figured out how this offense has to run in 2020. And I think they're getting more comfortable with that. And again, you can't always coach to how you want to coach. You have to coach your personnel. And they've been doing that the last couple of games and it's been working. I think that it, it pays off in the end. And we see another step forward from the Michigan game, from the Rutgers game, and heading into, you know, Big Ten Championship week we have a really, really strong chance of winning the last four games of the year and finishing with a four-game winning streak in 2020 after such a dismal start. So I'm going Penn State 31, Michigan State 10, and in really convincing fashion. I'm, I'm really, I really have high hopes for this Penn State team on Saturday, and I'm really hoping they don't let me down. <laughs> well, as a Penn State fan, Cragen, I will say I hope that you predicted exactly what is going to happen. Yeah, and I will – well – I would even get to the point that maybe James Franklin wants to run up the score against Michigan State, but Mark D'Antonio <laughs> is not there anymore. So maybe he would not be doing that against Mel Tucker. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see if that even, if it even comes to that. Yeah. Uh, so anything else you want to add to uh, this prediction, Todd? No, I, I hope, uh, I hope we can get a win to close out the, the regular season, if you will. Yeah, I'm excited for this one. I, I think these last two weeks have uh, sparked a new energy in myself. And if it's for me, I think it's going to be for a lot of the fan base as well. So I'm really excited for this. And um, honoring seniors, senior day is always cool. It's going to be a different one this year, but it's always a, a really cool moment for guys that have put in a lot of time and effort for this Penn State program. Yeah, I mean, I will say, you know, in the early parts of the season, watching those losses, it, it just wasn't enjoyable football games. But I will agree with you. The last two weeks, I've actually been uh, much more entertained and enjoying watching Penn State football. Yeah, so hopefully we get our third straight win on Saturday against the Spartans and uh, keep chugging along here in, in to December. <laughs> yeah. All right, so uh, we thank you guys again for listening. Um, as always, please share the podcast on both Apple and Spotify. Um, you know, we only got a couple more weeks left in the season, so we're hoping to finish strong on these on these podcasts. Um, follow us on Twitter at For the Glory OOS and Facebook For the Glory of Old State. 
again, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, we hope you have a good one, and good luck to Penn State on Saturday, and hopefully the seniors uh, go out with a bang.